What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Brain Body Resilience Podcast. I'm your host, JPB. This is episode number 123. And we are talking about locus of control, what that means, what it means for you, how to understand it, how to uh, recognize it. So this is kind of a continuation of episode number 121, where I mentioned this term and promised that I would follow up and do kind of a deeper dive on what this even means and why it's important. And I do feel like it is very important, which is why I'm giving it a whole episode, because the locus of control can have a wide-ranging impact in how we navigate life. And like I said, our perspective on where we stand on in our environment and our abilities to affect change in our lives. It affects things from how we manage stress, motivation we have to take action, to make changes, where we feel we're responsible. So let's get into this. The locus of control is a concept that was created by psychologist Julian Rotter back in 1954, and it refers to the extent to which you feel you have control over the events that impact your life. And now within the fields of psychology, development, and behavioral um, studies, it is understood to be an important building block of self-evaluation which we know is complex and encompasses self-efficacy, self-esteem, and emotional stability. And these things greatly impact stress and anxiety. How we view ourselves in the world and how we view what we are capable of have great impacts on how we navigate the world, the choices we make, and... um, how our brain and body communicate about that. When there is an internal locus of control, I keep saying locust, it's not locust, it's locus. My mouth just keeps making that sound. So, uh, <laughs> which gives me a little giggle every time. I don't know if you noticed it, but now there you go. Uh, so with an internal locus of control, there is largely a belief that you are the major influence in your life. Whereas with an external locus of control, the focus tends to be placed outside of one's self. And so with an external locus of control, this can cause us to kind of give up or stop, quit behaviors that might be beneficial for us prematurely because we believe that we are not actually in control of this thing. And so why would we continue to try if the outcome is outside of our control? And this is something that I can recognize over the years, especially like the first thing that comes up for me is in weight loss, uh, fat loss. So many times I have felt like I'm trying to do everything I can and nothing is working. It doesn't matter what I do. It's not you know, I'm not getting the results that I want. And I think this is such a perfect example because 
In those cases, it's not that what we do doesn't matter. It's that we have to look at how we're doing, what we're doing, if it's efficient, if it's effective, and knowing how we work is a huge part of that. We also have to look at our expectations and how we are, if we're expecting overnight miracle changes, if we're expecting seven day shrink down, if we're expecting whatever, all of these quick tips and quick cures, magic hacks, all the things that we're promised in modern life that wants everything to go super fast, which is just not how shit works, then of course we're going to feel a little bit helpless and start to feel like these things are out of our control, right? So I do want to touch on the fact here that you're, it's not, it's not a fixed thing. You either have an internal locus of control or an external locus of control and you're one way and that's it. Almost never is that the case. We are humans. We are ever changing. We are plastic. Our patterns in our brain and body are constantly changing with the experiences that we have. And so most of us are on, you know, there's a continuum here. It's not a binary like most things. It's a both and depending on the situation. And some of us just lean further to one side of the spectrum or the other. And again, that can change depending on what it is that we're talking about, the experience that we're we're considering in that moment. So when we're thinking about this in regards to health and managing stress, I used to place this locus of control externally especially in the case of stress. I know that I've talked about this so many times where throughout my 20s, I had all of these stress-related illnesses and doctors would just tell me like, well, just have less stress. This is stress-related, just lower your stress. And I was always infuriated and just like, what the fuck does that mean? I can't do that. I don't have any control over that. My life is stressful. That's it. I didn't understand that we have so much more control over ourselves an influence over ourselves and our internal state of being than I, you know, I just didn't know. And so I didn't feel like there was anything that I could do about stress or my well-being until I learned how we work as humans and learned more about physiology and how stress works in the body and that there are actually things we can do every single day to affect how much stress we experience and how we experience it. And this was my shift from a more external locus of control to more towards that internal side of the spectrum. And it is important, like I said, to consider this on a spectrum between internal and external rather than either or, depending on context. In general, people are healthier and report higher levels of satisfaction with an understanding that not everything is entirely one thing or the other. It fluctuates. So when we're talking about an internal locus of control, it's related to our level of self-efficacy, like I mentioned earlier. But no matter how capable we are, if we don't believe that we are in fact capable, there is less chance of success in whatever it is that we're trying to do. Studies have shown that when we do have higher levels of self-efficacy, we are more likely to persist and be determined to march forward through adversity, less likely to give up on something when it feels really, really hard, which happens all the time. Shit feels hard because it is. It doesn't have to. Sometimes it just is. And so when we're, you know, of the belief that we 
are influencing our actions, our feelings, our mindset, and that, you know, has some kind of impact on our external environment as well, we are more likely to continue forward. So one notable difference between self-efficacy and an internal locus of control is that the internal locus takes into consideration the surrounding environment, whereas self-efficacy is just a reflection of self. So it's encompassed in there, but they are a little bit different. When we're talking about emotional stability and insight, these are tied to an internal locus of control, whereas people with an external locus of control tend to have higher levels of stress, anxiety, depression, all of these things, which makes sense if we think about being totally at the mercy of external circumstances with no way to affect an outcome, that can be a source of anxiety and even learned helplessness, uh, which is a phenomenon observed in both humans and other animals. This is a definition. Uh, When they have been conditioned to expect pain, suffering, or discomfort without a way to escape. And that comes from a 2017 study by Dr. Cherry, that uh, definition. Also mentioning that Eventually, after enough conditioning, the animal will stop trying to avoid the pain, animal including humans, um, even when there is an opportunity to truly escape the pain and suffering. When humans or other animals start to understand or believe that they have no control over what has happened to them or what happens to them, they begin to think and feel and act as if they are helpless. And I did a whole episode, uh, episode 103. And you can learn more about learned helplessness there if you go back and listen to that episode. I always think about animal conditioning, right? We think about um, Pavlov's dogs, classic example of a conditioned response. But I think about circuses. I think about circus animals. I think about elephants. Because this, when I learned this, this was so amazing to me. Um, I'm pretty sure I learned this from uh, Water for Elephants, the book slash movie. Anyways... When elephants are little, little fellas, they put a ring around their ankles and then that is, there's like a chain and it's put into a stake in the ground. And so they try and get out of it, try and move forward, try and, you know, not be chained to one space. And they're not strong enough at that point to do it, to pull that stake out of the ground. So they're stuck. And after time, they learn that they, there's nothing they can do. They're stuck in this one place. Then they grow and become these massive animals with still just this tiny little ring and chain staked into the ground to hold them in place. They could easily just walk away, but they learned that what they did didn't matter, that they were stuck. And so they stopped trying. And that is an example of learned helplessness. And so go back and check out that episode. Um, I did enjoy that one. So if you're curious to hear more about that episode number 103, I'll link that in the show notes as well. So when we're talking about what is or is not within our control and feelings of learned helplessness, we also need to talk about an individual's locus of control and how it can be shaped by the environment, including systems of oppression like institutionalized racism discrimination based on gender, gender identity, or sexual orientation, or ableism. For marginalized and oppressed groups, there is a very real threat to their ability to control some outcomes in their lives. 
like not getting a bank loan because of discriminatory practices or not getting the job because of biased hiring practices. These are very real things. So there are reasons beyond one's self-determination and one's drive that do affect one's locus of control when we live within and continue to uphold these oppressive systems. So while an internal locus of control generally shows favorable outcomes and more success in whatever the desired outcome is, we have to recognize that this generalization overlooks systemic issues that affect an individual's level of control. We like to have this idea that if you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you just try hard enough that you can, you know, achieve anything, the good old American dream here, if you are in the States, if not, there's an insight. Um, And that's not the whole story. And it's definitely not the whole story when we're talking about these very intentional practices that have been built into how we operate. So that's something that we need to consider here, um, how that affects this perspective and this, this tool that we have. After a quick Google search, I found an article in um, Very Well Mind that I, that I think sums up the difference between internal and external locus of control with some examples here. So I am just going to read these to you. With an internal locus of control, some things that ways in which this can show up, someone is more likely to take responsibility for their actions, which makes sense because they feel like they are more, have more control over what's going on. One tends to be less influenced by the opinions of other people, often does better at tasks when people, when one is allowed to work at their own pace. One usually uh, has a strong self of usually has a strong sense of self-efficacy, which we have talked about, tends to work hard to achieve the things they want, because again, you believe that it's your effort that is the deciding factor. Um, One tends to feel more confident in the face of challenges, again, ties into that self-efficacy, tends to be physically healthier, reports being happier and more independent, and often achieve greater success in the workplace. And again, I'd like to just put a caveat on that word success um, or an asterisk there. What does that mean to you within your value system? So when we have an external locus of control, there's there tends to be more blame outside for outside forces for their, for your circumstances and often a credit of luck or chance to any success that does happen. Um, uh, people tend to not believe that they can change their situation through their own efforts. Like I was talking about earlier, both with myself and with the elephant story, those animal conditioning practices. And there, and then that leads to those feelings of hopelessness or powerlessness within the face of difficult situations. Like there's nothing I can do. It's totally out of my hands. Why would I even try? And this leads to people being more prone to experiencing that learned helplessness. So Go back, listen to that episode. Um, those are just some examples that I feel like were nice and tangible. So we can kind of see the difference between what these things look like in our lives. But the truth of it all, my, my the truth that I see is that our level of control, and I got every time I hear that word, I just want to change it to influence. Control, I think, just has such a weird... Um, connotation in a lot of ways for a lot of people. But our level of control or influence is 
often resides within our perception of it. Like most things, how we view something, the lens lens through which we view these things, give them their power or not. Um, So between this real and perceived level of control is a choice that we have to believe in ourselves and believe in our ability to change our fate. And that might be... uh, spark some kind of feelings in in anyone who feels strongly about fate. Um, but if we believe in our own power to control our life, we will be more likely to take chances and to feel more confident in our own autonomy. And this is one reason that exercise can be such a powerful tool. When we start to see our efforts slowly turning into one more rep, a heavier weight, one more push-up, one more mile, whatever the goal is, you can see the pieces that are within your control and help rewrite those stories that shape your relationship with yourself, your self-esteem and your confidence and your relationship with stress and discomfort as well. So um, my challenge for you this week is just to notice what those stories that we all have running through our heads that help narrate our days and our weeks And notice if they tend towards a locus of internal control or external control. And just be mindful of that. One's not better than the other, but as we've talked about, uh, they do lead to some different outcomes. And so we can always revise these scripts. We can always reframe our thoughts and our perspective. And that takes intention and effort. And before any of that, it takes awareness of what's going through our head. So pay attention, maybe notice where your locus of control lies, and have a wonderful week. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace.